Tony Blair and Gordon Brown dominated the political landscape of Great Britain for more than 13 years. Gordon Brown was prime minister from 2007 to 2010. Before that, he was chancellor of the Exchequer, the equivalent of the U.S. Secretary of the Treasury. He held that post for 10 years and became the most powerful chancellor in modern times, according to the BBC. His political life is marked by disappointments and successes. His bailout plan for banks became a model for much of the world. He suffered a crushing defeat in the recent elections and resigned as head of the British Labour Party. He now serves as a member of Parliament. He's written a book on the lessons he learned from the financial crisis. It is called Beyond the Crash, Overcoming the First Crisis of Globalization. I'm in San Francisco, and I am pleased to have Gordon Brown sitting at my desk in New York, uh, and it's a great pleasure to welcome him back to this program. Thank you very much. It's great to be on the program, Charlie. Great to be here. Let me start with the student protest and the attack uh, on Prince Charles's car. Give me your take on that. I think any violence, uh, any violence, no matter what the cause uh, in a democracy, is completely unacceptable and uh, has got to be condemned at all stages. And uh, I think those people who are responsible for this uh, violent uh, outburst have got to uh, have the full weight of the law behind them. There is, I think, quite a fundamental issue uh, at stake in, in Britain at the moment, and I think it's going to become the problem that other countries, including America, are going to have to deal with. In your fiscal consolidation plans, what do you do about education? What do you do about science? What do you do about technology? What do you do about the universities? Now, I'm pretty clear from what I see happening in the future that you can afford to cut uh, education in the universities at this stage. If you're going to build for the future, and I see a future where really there are consumer markets, particularly in Asia, that are going to be twice the size of America, and we have got to be equipped and prepared to capture these markets. Uh, and so I couldn't uh, recommend cutting investment in science or technology or investment in universities at the moment. And I think that's a fundamental divide that has entered the debate in Britain. And it may be what's going to happen in other countries as well. People are going to have to make a decision that, uh, if you like, distinguishes between the need for fiscal consolidation, but also the need to ensure that when you do it, you still have growth and you can make the investments that are necessary for the future. Now, these are balanced judgments and they've got to be made. Uh, but if I'm right about the future, this is not a normal economic cycle that we're about to enter. This is a massive shift that's taking place across the world. The biggest driver of growth in the next 10 years is going to be the growth of these middle-class consumers in Asia, Brazil, Russia, and elsewhere. And we've got to be equipped to serve these markets, and you can't afford to fall behind uh, by having products that are not the technologically, uh, technologically the leaders of the world. As you know, Angela Merkel and, and uh, David Cameron as well both say you can have growth and you can also have austerity. And austerity